This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Well, welcome, welcome to Morning Glory, everybody, and uh, a little stumble at the start there. I really just ruined the rhythm of the show there. <laughs> Skull challenge that. Uh, yeah, today, of course, Origin Chat. Sound advice, Jack John's going to talk about the late, great Tina Turner. Mid-season health check. Welcome, City Morning Heralds. Andrew Webster, happy State of Origin. And to you. Happy Origin to you, Matthew. The Maestro. And everyone. Alex. Indeed. Nice uh, to be back, gents. How are you? Happy very, State very of well. Origin. Yes. And to you. President <laughs> of Pennant Hills Road, Ben Hogarth, happy State of Origin. Happy State of Origin. Go New South Wales. And the Elon Musk of all things alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> all things alcohol and apparel. <laughs> Bloke in a bar, Denon Kep. Not happy State of Origin, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, you've reached new, reached new heights to replace a 40-game no-namer. The, one of the greatest New South Wales players ever has been replaced by a 40-game no-namer. So new heights for this uh, show. Hey, 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 hey listen. Mate, you have been called in because he has gone MIA <laughs> since our little stouse. Oh, us. yeah. It's frosty, isn't yeah. it? Oh, I've, yeah. I've seen Joey a couple of times in the last week and I raise it and it's a sore point. Yeah, I love it when we had the stink and I went and grabbed him in the shoulders in our break and said, just settle down, little brother. And he goes, it was just banter. <laughs> <laughs> He's not very good at hiding his emotions, no, though, is he? No, how dare no. I give Billy Slater a rap? Anyway, <laughs> what do I know? Hater. I'm Matty John. Hater, hater. <laughs> now, look, the big story this week, the passing of the icon Tina Turner. What a life, what a human being. Absolutely. Um, but also the voice and the face for a long time of rugby league. I spoke to John Quayle very early yesterday morning. He was under the pump quayle. He said, I haven't been this busy since I was the boss of the league, Andrew. He's like wow. copying uh, uh, interview requests left, right and centre. But um, I actually really – it was quite cathartic writing about Tina yesterday. And some of the stories that I got out of it, guys, that really resonated from for me, and it was, I've heard these ones from John Quayle before – was just how humble she was. Yeah. And there's this one story that I love about her. It, so that campaign went for seven years. Uh, or, or they used her for seven years um, and, and simply the best for, for six of them. The last ad campaign they shot, three days before they did the shoot, they're at dinner and John Quayle said, why don't, you, why don't we shoot you on top of the Harbour Bridge? Yeah. And they, and they just expected her to say, no, no, that'll be too hard. She said, no, no, that sounds like great fun. So here she is, Incredible. top of the Harbour Bridge, in stilettos, no harness, yeah. um, and, and you know, and nothing was too hard. She had no demand. She just said, I don't want to start too early. I just want to play the mango at about 11 a.m. That was yeah. all she wanted, no security. So I really like those sort of stories He's, about how yeah. humble she was. And Quayley said, like, um, she said, what would you like me to wear? Mm. First one, Quayley said, look, it's up to you. She goes, no, 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 I just want to be, you know, Give me your opinion," he said. So I sat there. It was almost like the Richard Gear 
uh, Pretty Woman thing. <laughs> Julia Roberts. <laughs> she just kept coming out saying, what do you think? And he was like, oh. And she, like, there was, nothing was a drama. Mm, not at all. It was just but, incredible. One, and, and, of course, you know, the story is, is the fact that it would keep top secret from everybody. Mm. So at the end of the 88 season, they went around in the preseason. They said to all the teams, I want you to go and do some, we're going to advertising campaign. Can you know, this team go and run, run along the beach and this team do this. And they just, none the wise why they're doing it. And it was when they flew to London and this is a great story Quayley tells. He said to Tina Turner, like, okay, this is what he was explaining the rules of the game and whatnot. And he rang Gavin Miller and said, Gavin, he was over there, I think, playing for Hull KR and said, Gavin, you've got to do me a favour. You've got to, we're shooting in London one day. I'm not going to tell you what, what it's for or about, but you've got to deliver Andrew Eddinghausen, who was playing at Leeds. So anyway, the day of, Gavin rings Quayley and says, ET can't make it. They postponed a game and they're playing today and they won't release him. But it doesn't matter. I've looked after it. I've got two players. He goes, who's that? He said, me and Cliffy Lyons, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, Quayley beforehand had said to Tina Turner, he said, you wait. Like, these guys are rough. They're tough. But, mate, the guy that is coming here, he's like a young Robert Redford. She was like, oh, wow. Anyway, first guy who walked in was Gavin. She, and then Cliffy walks in. She goes, just, can I just ask you, which one's Robert Redford? <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it, you know, it, he would have told you where it nearly didn't happen. Mm. It was kept totally secret and there was only a, a, a small group of people who knew about it. And the day before it was released, before the, the national and international release, Ken Arthurson got a call from an iconic commentator who said, please, please tell me you haven't hired an American grandmother pop singer to be the face and voice of our game. If this is true, this will cost you and John, you know, your careers in the game. So he, he, he was so earnest, Arco rang Quayley and said, we got to pull it. we got to pull it. We, we're just, this is going to, you know, and Quayley was like, right. And he said, they seriously contemplated it. And then Quayley goes, John, Arco, uh, we, okay, we've come this far. Let's mm. just go with it. Mm. And, and it was, I talked to Quayley about this yesterday. Winfield Winfield Cup, they paid for, for most of it. It cost the league in over the seven years that she was the voice of the game $200,000. That's all it cost. In the first year, in the first year, and this is before the, the Simply the Best campaign, remember, was what you get is what you, what you see. see. Um, it increased uh, female viewership of the game by 70%. Yeah. And that's what they yeah. wanted all along. Because they were expanding into into a twenty team competition, and they wanted to be they wanted to appeal to the biggest broadest demographic, and that's what that's what that campaign yeah. did. And what that campaign now is NRLW, yeah. Like you know, like these days, right now, the Tuna Turner thing would be would absolutely work, but you know, just getting players taking their shirt off that that's you know good looking blokes isn't enough. Where now we've the game's in a sweet spot. And there's great female interest in the game, but that's been delivered because the NRLW. It's no longer viewed as a male sport. Mm. Just on Roger Davies, you know, to see Tina the musical, at which Webber you've seen, and reading about Roger Davies is that Roger Davies, you know, was a um, talent manager, and Tina Turner when she when she broke away from Ike, he she just forgo all the all the all the songs, 
all that, gave them to Ike just so all she wanted was to keep her name. Mm. And when Roger Davis found her, her career was at a low ebb. In fact, he went into the Fairmont in San Francisco and walked in and she was performing there. And he just said, oh, my God, you're better than this. Yeah. Went away, spoke to the great Mike Chapman, an Australian. He wrote a list of songs, What's Love Got to Do With It, et cetera, et cetera. And they, he delivered them to Tina and Tina didn't want to do it. Did she? Mm. she goes, it's not my music. And they had to convince her, and of course. Well, I just... think I think the first one, um, the first lead campaign, where he goes, what you see, they they tried other singers, and it just wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. And they finally got Tina to agree, and the rest is history. I do love like when the uh, musical was launched in in Sydney earlier this year. Her quotes were saying that one of the highlights of her entire career was performing at the '93 Grand Final. She wow. said that was one of her greatest moments. She just I mean, she loved it. She loved that. She had such a. This is what Quail said to me. She was so invested in it. She like loved the players. The players loved her. You know, she just wasn't some big international act coming and yeah. getting a, a getting a check. Like she was really invested in the game. Cliffy Lyons said that he didn't know. He walked into the room and yeah. Tina Turner standing there, and he went, "Oh my god!" And he said she came over and just gave me a cuddle. That's yeah. That's what Quail yeah. was. It's saying. it's just incredible. I mean, that's. I mean, some of the things throughout her career. For a while there, she had the uh, she held the Guinness Book of Records for the biggest live audience, which was at the Rio's Maracanã, hundred and eighty thousand people. Wow! So it's amazing when you say one of the highlights was to be at that night ninety three. Yeah. And you know, you look at her at full time, where she's just in the huddle with, with the Alfie Broncos. Yeah. The it's just, that's what I mean. She was in, she uh, loved it. Yeah, okay. God, I love it. She, you know, she also played St George Leagues Club. What? And, and Reesby workers. <laughs> no. Okay. So in that twilight period, like when she was t- trying to make a comeback, she was doing, yeah. Okay, Sa- Fairmont from San Francisco. Just rub that out as a low point. <laughs> <laughs> now let's go from one uh, gorgeous icon to another, Wayne Bennett. Um, <laughs> Dolphins 26, Dragons 12. Boys, three names. Jermaine Asako, Cody Nicarima, Anthony Milford. Is Wayne Bennett a witch doctor? <laughs> Mate, it is. Unbelievable how good all three of them played. But I just want to talk about Asako especially because Milford, he's been up and down this year. You know, some games not so great, some games solid. Last night, fantastic. Cody Nicarima, I mean, he was outstanding. Not just outstanding in his normal position at fullback, but Jermaine Asako, like, he was, he could, he probably couldn't get a club last year. He literally probably was out there trying to find a club. And clubs are like, look, we just, you know, we've got so much room in our cap and so much room in our top 30. We can't afford to get, get another winger in. He's arguably the best winger all year. That's how good he's yeah, been. My word, he's been. It's Because the Hammers got a lot of the headlines, yeah. and rightfully so. Asaka's been every bit as good, improved every bit as much, probably, maybe even more. It's just, I just cannot believe that a guy that's 20, I think he's 26 now, how close he was to almost slipping out of the game. Yeah. How when, close. When they signed him, I was like, oh, what are they doing? It was almost a point of ridicule, though, when they signed him. Remember, yeah. people going, is this the best the Dolphins can do? I know. But he, to me, I reckon that's he embodies what Bennett's done there more than anyone. Because he's managed to unlock. Unbelievable. Uh, he's unlocked the, the, the brilliance in a lot of players. i tell you what, though. I thought it was, I talked to Bennett a couple of weeks ago about Kafusi, and He was saying, I've, I've been able to t- tone down his... His uh, his yeah. uh, aggressive manner. Geez, he didn't miss him this week. No, he didn't. He goes, I thought uh, it was really did you just pointed. speak to him? He goes, I've spoken to him. He's just obviously not listening. Yeah. So, it was yeah. really, really pointed. Yeah. Um, Dragons coach Ryan Carr last week, he said, coaching, this is just so easy. 
Uh, <laughs> this morning he's handed his resignation. <laughs> but like last, uh, I was. I mean that shows you they had a sugar hit last week. But the problems that exist within the Dragons and the principles and their defence hasn't changed. I look. I am going to sound like a crazy person. I actually was really excited by what I saw from the Dragons because I don't think did we anyone expect them to win win without Ben Hunt. What I loved about it, yes, they're rough around the edges, these young fellas, but I loved that Sullivan had a moment, mm. Sloan had a moment, and Amona had a moment. Those three guys are the future of the club. And when the game was on the line, they wanted the ball in their hands, and they did damage with the ball in their hand when the game was on the line. Everything else is just training, repetition, yeah. and mental headspace. Yeah. I actually was excited by what I saw. But you're right, in regards to defense, it was a very grindy defense, game. Yeah. They struggled to, to hang in there. But... All the stuff that you can't teach, talent and yes. ability, they have it. It's that, there. I mean, that's the perfect thing. Sloan and Jaden Sullivan. You look at that one minute, there's absolute brilliance. Mm. And the next minute, it's like, you know, with young Jaden, um, it's like, and I mean, he's not a big bloke and he's a young bloke, but it's just having the same energy in defense, being as excited in defense, mm. which I know is hard, mm. as you have with the football. Mm. Mm. It's just hard work. Yeah, you know, defense is, you know, when, you, when you're in there, I mean, you're standing on an edge, and the big guys just stand opposite you, mm. and they just gonna they're gonna go at you. And the the bottom line is, you have to. If my advice to him would be, get off the line, and at least show that you enjoy it. I, I will you're say, gonna take the challenge up to him. I will say, I personally don't think he has got the best development over the last two years. Oh no, absolutely. If you're not gonna play him uh, as seven or give him game time. He should have been leading a New South Wales Cup yeah. to a premiership. That's what he should have been doing instead of this in, out, oh, sure. in, out. It's There's not been the... a lot of that with Sloan. I mean, oh. some of that stuff has just been. They're just confused. Yeah, they are. You but know, last night. Lomax I... is a great example of it. Yeah. And what, what's happened to him? Oh, man. Um, what do we think of the debalance in Ben? No, I think it was warranted. I just thought it was totally. I just think that sort of tackle is totally unnecessary. You can just wrap your arms there. Mm. Right? Or, and just you know, tack, you know, pin the pin the legs, you know, above the knees. But when you hit at that angle in that force, I'm sorry, it's just totally unnecessary. Yeah, it's you're a low percentage a, sort of tackle. You're putting a career at risk. Yeah, 100%. yeah. The NFL have that thing, isn't it, Webby? Like, you know, we always say, oh, the rules got to be black and white. But okay, I just think sometimes the referee has the right to say. That was unnecessary. Yeah. Like, that we see that with the NFL, they have unnecessary roughness. But the ref, the officials in the NFL also have the power to go. You know what? That's not right. That's yeah. against the spirit of the game. And he's and he was warned what five minutes previous. To and his yeah. so, press conference too. Yeah, like he wasn't blown up at the press conference. He sort of he can. There was an element of him conceding. There was. There's. I think the key, in my opinion, anyway, is the warning. Yep. It's almost like you you could if he did that just once in a game you could say fatigue and he just came in at the wrong okay penalty, but it's the warning that you're like yep. mate you were told like you got to cut that out and you you've gotten fatigued and he got through a mountain of work he, I think he made nearly fifty eight tackles or sixty tackles, um, but I agree with you in regards to ones that have time. That's the ones where I feel like we should be, yeah. okay, we can't have this in a game. It's the ones that are like split spec split second that I think yeah. we are too harsh yeah. on. Yeah. Rump. I'll back that up. We're going to take a break. After the break, we're going to go to Northern California and talk about State of Oregon. 